0: Mm, Lord have mercy. I feel him here today. Somebody make some noise for Jesus. Come on, somebody make some noise for Jesus. The Bible says, this is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Do I have any glad worshipers in the house today? Then make a noise unto the Lord. <laughs> somebody look at your neighbor and say God has a word for us today and just in case that neighbor wasn't listening look at your other neighbor and tell them are you ready mm. now take your Bibles and turn with me to the narrative that we will explore today which is Mark chapter 9 verses 14 through 29 mm. you're going to get acquainted with your neighbor today let me, let me, let me say this Go ahead and look at your neighbor and announce to them the title of today's message. Change the atmosphere. Look at somebody else and say, "Change the atmosphere." Mm. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you be seated. I'm gonna let you be seated. Mark chapter nine, verses fourteen through twenty-nine. Huh. I'm going to give to you a word that I know God has given to me today 2018 is the year that our theme every year we have a theme if you're here today for the first time we establish a theme for the year in 2018 the theme is together we can because how many of you know together we can do incredible things for the cause of Christ you with me somebody shout together we can one more time, together we, can. together we can. But let me give you a little sermon prep disclosure before we get started. This week, as I was in this narrative, God rattled my spiritual cage. He placed something in my spirit that I want to share with you this morning, and and that is this: the power of the miraculous, the event of the miracle. It's not necessarily the display of God's power. Hang with me for a minute. But what if, what if the power of the miracle was exposed through the atmosphere that surrounds the miracle? Grab it. It's deep. I want you to grab this. What if The power of God was not necessarily exposed through the event of a miracle, but rather the miracle took place because of the atmosphere that surrounded the miracle. Therefore, the atmosphere is where the power of God is exposed. Are you with me? Uh, Are you with me? The atmosphere is where the power of God is exposed. And when you look at the ministry of Jesus and you think about all that Jesus has done not just the miraculous nature but you look at his ministry what Jesus was doing Richie is he was establishing a culture if you will an atmosphere, an environment we have a culture an an atmosphere here at Epicenter Church preachers who come here whether they visit or whether they stand on the stage they say man it's an easy place to preach because it's electric they get it Why? Because together we can. So when you look at the ministry of Jesus, you see that he is developing, if you will, an atmosphere that becomes conducive for our faith to operate in. Especially this narrative that we explore today. Because there's a microcosm of of atmosphere, if you will, that's inside of a larger atmosphere where, where Jesus is showing us the atmosphere in which our faith should operate. That is it's conducive to our faith. Therefore, our faith becomes fruitful. Let me say it this way. That many times the fruit of our faith is birthed in the doorway of desperation. Grab it. The fruit of our faith is birthed in the doorway of desperation. Now, I don't mean just your desperate situations. Yes, God shows up in those desperate situations. But I also mean when in your spirit there is an atmosphere that is desperate for God to show up. In fact, let me show you this narrative. We're going to read this narrative together. But before you can have full context of this narrative, I actually need to back up some. Let's not begin in verse 9, but let's begin in verse 2. Hang with me upstairs. I want to show you something because there is a collision of scenes that takes place in between verses 2 through 10 or so and then verses 14 through 29. These two things collide and it, it kind of, if you will, it, 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 it clots the plot some. There's a connectivity that you need to understand what happens in verses 2 through 10 before you can really get to verse 14. So let me read for you a few verses beginning in verse 2. Here's what it says. It says, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and with him and led him them up on a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. Hold on a second. Here is Jesus taking Peter, James, and John up on the mountain. How many of you are glad that we serve a Lord that is the Lord of the mountaintop? Are you with me? Watch this. Verse 3, it says, His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anything in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. Oh, I love this. Can you imagine Peter, James, and John with me for a minute? Is it okay if I preach through a few of these verses? Can you imagine Peter, James, and John going up the mountain with Jesus? When they get to the top of the mountain with Jesus, their Jesus transfigures before them. They're wiping their eyes, trying to prop them open like, what's going on? Peter's like, are y'all watching this? Are you seeing this? What in the world's happening? And then at that moment, Moses shows up and Elijah shows up and there before them is the evidence of life beyond this life Because Moses passed away some 1400 years before Elijah passed away some 1400 years or or, or 900 years before And, and now here they are Wondering what in the world is happening? Peter's looking at everybody saying man These guys look a little different than I thought they would look Elijah looks different than I thought he would look what in the world's going on here? And then not only are they standing there in full glory before them, but this also is evidence of the claim that Jesus makes that he is the resurrection. But verse 5, something begins to unfold. Watch this. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. I love that. Peter's like, this is good. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Let's just hang out right here in this church service. We we need to hang out right here. This is so good. We don't need to go back down that mountain. We don't need to go into the valley because there's a lot of stuff happening right here. Let's build a house because this is good. You know what I mean? This is some good church right here. Let's stay right here because we don't need to go down in the valley where we're dealing with all of that criticism and all of that rejection and all of that suffering. And what about that crucifixion thing? If we stay right here, we're going to be good. Somebody say, this is good. But then in verses six and seven, it says, he did not know what to say. They were so frightened. You know, later Peter realized this, he's telling Mark the story and he says, I want you to put in parentheses that I really didn't know what to say. Verse seven, it says, then a cloud appeared and covered them and a voice came from the cloud. The voice said, this is my son whom I love, listen to him. There was a cloud. Hold on a second. There's so much symbolism here. There was a cloud. If you'll remember in the Old Testament, there was a cloud, a pillar of cloud that sat there, if you will, with the people of Israel while they were in the wilderness. There was the cloud that communicated to Moses at the tabernacle. The cloud represents the presence of God. Therefore, the the presence of God is on top of this mountain. Can you imagine that atmosphere? So then look what happens. Verses 8 and following, it says, Suddenly when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. They're walking down the mountain, going down into the foot of of the mountain, going down into the valley, going down into the regiment of life, saying, man, that is incredible. That stuff's awesome, man. I wish I could just hang out up there because that was incredible. I just would love to stay up. We should have built three houses. All of us should have moved into a house. We could have sat outside of the house. We could have just hung out with Jesus all the time. This was incredible. And then look what happens next. Look what happens next. Verse 14 When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. Here, all of a sudden, they come down the mountain. They've been praising God. They're like, whoa, this is incredible. This is good. We ought to build a house. They're on the way down the mountain. Man, can you believe that? That was so good. They get to the foothills. They get to the valley, if you will. And all of a sudden, they run into the problem. Peter's like, I told y'all we should have stayed up there. That's why I said, this is good. Why didn't we stay up there? That's where we needed to be. We didn't have to put up with all this stuff. We came down here, all these people arguing, pushing each other around. We don't need to deal with all this stuff. Somebody say a change of atmosphere. Verse 15. Verse 15. As soon as all of the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and they ran to greet him. Talking about change, the atmosphere, just as soon as they laid eyes on Jesus, everybody ran to Jesus. Why? Because everybody knows nobody does anything better than Jesus. Jesus does more than anybody else. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. Everybody knows that Jesus heals more people. Everybody knows that Jesus loves more people. Everybody knows that Jesus raises more dead people. Everybody knows that Jesus 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 gives to us breakthrough. Everybody knows that Jesus brings relationships back together. Everybody knows that Jesus does our finances better. Everybody knows that Jesus does more. I'm going to hit the place if you'll give me a minute. That Jesus changed the atmosphere in your life. Because nobody does more than Jesus does. How many of you know he changes the atmosphere? Verse... 16 and following. Thank you, D. What are you arguing with them about? Jesus asked. Verse 17, a man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought to you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground and he foams at the mouth, he gnashes his teeth and he becomes rigid. I asked for your disciples to drive out the spirit, but but, but they could not change the atmosphere. But but they could not here is the man bringing definition to the problem here is the problem the father has a son the son is is about to die because this evil spirit has taken him over and now the father has brought the problem to the disciples and the bible says and they could not aren't you glad that jesus is not only the lord of the mountaintop but he's also the lord in the valley Mm, lord have mercy Verse 19, and this is the verse where, I'll, where we will pause. I'll pause for a little while and do some work around verse 19 because verse 19 is an absolutely incredible verse. Here's what Jesus says You unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. I don't want to mess up your Christology. I don't want to mess up your theology. Because some of you have a picture of, of Jesus in your mind. And this scene might mess up that picture of Jesus. But you have to understand something. If you go back to the original language, the Greek in this passage of Scripture, you will be able to discover that when Jesus made these words, when he made this statement, really what ends up being a command, he made it with great force. Maybe your image of Jesus is like that loving Jesus. Just come unto me, all of you who are heavy laden, and I'll give to you rest. Bring all of the children unto me. He's a loving Jesus. I just love everyone. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how. That's the Jesus that you're thinking about. And that part is true. But if you get this a little twisted, You'll miss who Jesus is. Don't twist up this. Don't, 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 don't twist this thing up because in this passage of scripture, Jesus gets a little gangster. <laughs> I'm just saying. He does. He makes a statement so loud that everybody who is there who has now begun to give, if you will, give. This energy to this atmosphere, this unproductive atmosphere, this argumentative atmosphere, people shoving and pushing and all of this stuff happening. This atmosphere is here. It's so unproductive. It's un, uh, it's argumentative. Here is this father who has a need and all of these people, the religious leaders, the disciples, they're all arguing over semantics. And Jesus said, Oh, you unbelieving generation. How long do I have to stay with you? How long do I have to put up with you? In today's vernacular, that means you make me sick. Don't roll up on me. Or if you're texting, it's, you know, that UG, Or some of those other acronyms y'all be using. You know what I'm talking about. I can't even say them on this day. Or, or, or you send that little red faced emoji. And Peter's like, I told y'all. I told, why did y'all listen to me when we were up on top of that mountain? I told y'all we needed to stay up there. That's where we needed to be. We had to come down here, deal with all this mess, all these people arguing, all this stuff. I didn't want to come down here. That's why I said, let's build some houses up there. Now we got this father who's brought his son down here. and He's caused all these problems for us. Now everybody's looking at us, pointing fingers. We can't do what Jesus told us we could do. We got a mess down here. What's wrong with y'all? And Jesus is like, you unbelieving generation, how long do I have to stay with you? How long do I have to put up with you? Hmm. All of this stuff happening in the father in verse 18, he defines the atmosphere, not necessarily the physical atmosphere, but the spiritual atmosphere. Because he says, Jesus, I, I, I brought my son. He's in the valley of his life. I brought my son to you because there is this evil spirit that takes him over. This evil spirit is trying to kill him and i brought my son to you i brought him to my to your disciples and i was hoping that they could cast out the evil spirit but they could not they could not they could not and what makes this so intriguing is three chapters before in mark chapter 6 verse 7 Jesus gave the disciples the ability, really the authority, to deal with evil spirits. Let me show you something. Just hold your finger right there. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, verse 7. Here's what it says. Calling the 12 to him, Jesus began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. Three chapters before he said, I'm giving you the authority to deal with the evil spirits. Three chapters later, they have the opportunity to illustrate, if you will, the power and authority that Jesus gave to them. However, the atmosphere would not allow them to do what Jesus said they had the authority to do. Oh Lord, have mercy. Why could it be that the Power is not in the act itself, but rather the atmosphere surrounding the miracle. He said to them, I'm going to give you the authority to cast out evil spirits. Here, three chapters later, they have the opportunity to illustrate that, but they could not. I wonder how often as Christ followers that God has given us the resources, the time, the talent, the gifts to engage a need that is in front of us. However, the atmosphere is controlling us and therefore we could not. I think about the conversation that the disciples had to be having amongst themselves. Because they know three chapters before that Jesus said, you'll be able to cast out these evil spirits. I've given you the authority. So all of a sudden, Andrew just walks up to the dude and he says, hey, man, I'm going to do to you what Jesus said I had the authority to do. And then he begins to lay hands on the guy. He said, hey, it ain't working, y'all. It ain't It ain't working. Oh, hold on a second. I'm going to try something else. He slaps the guy on the head. I've seen Jesus do that. It don't work. It didn't work. So then he puts his fingers in the man's ears and and that didn't work. Hey, guys, I did everything I knew how to do. It's not working. Hold on. Let me try that spit thing. Hold on. Because Jesus spit on somebody one time. Let me try that. And guys, that didn't work. His Daddy's mad now. Oh, Lord, have mercy. That didn't work. And Thomas is going, I knew it. I doubted all this stuff to begin with. I just doubted it all. I I don't think none of this stuff's going to work. And Philip's over there saying, Thomas, you better shut up. I mean, shut up. We don't know what's happening here, but you better stop running your mouth. And Thomas is like, you don't talk to me like that. You don't worry about me. You worry about you. You you do you, I'll do me. You do you, I'll do me. You ever been there? You do you, and I'll do me. You do you, and I'll do me. That's the problem. You doing you is a problem for me. They wanted the miraculous, but the atmosphere was tumultuous. Hold on a second. You want more love in your relationships, but you're living with more anger. You want more unity, but you're living with more unforgiveness. You want more financial freedom, but yet you won't allow God into your finances by tithing. You want a brand new job, a better job, but yet you've caused the atmosphere on the job that you have now not to look Christ like. Ooh, Lord, have mercy. Am I preaching? Can I get some help? Sometimes, though, there's an atmosphere that's beyond our control. Like life will hand you an atmosphere that's more than you can handle. You know what I mean? Here, Peter, James, and John up on top of the mountain hanging out with Jesus. Whoo, this is good! Peter said, This is good right here. I'm talking about this is some church. This is good. They have a church experience. On a spiritual high, they come down and all of a sudden Monday hits them in the face. Oh, mm, we can't handle this. This is just too much. We can't do anything with it. We, they could not. Sometimes life will give you things that you cannot handle. The atmosphere in your life is beyond what you can handle. Why? Because life is an equal opportunist. Life, life will give you things that your money won't handle. Your, your, fi- your, 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 your job won't handle. Your, 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 all of your resources won't handle. Your talent won't handle. All of your Facebook likes won't handle. And when you find yourself in that place, that's a job for only Jesus. So you need to ask Jesus. Put your hands on this stuff because I can't and I know you can. We're very good at defining, describing, dissecting, diagnosing, even denying the problem. When what we really need to do is die to ourselves and engage the need that's before us. hear these religious leaders let me let me say this to you I, mm, I wonder how often it said they could not they could not i wonder how often the truth is they could not it's not really they could not but rather it's they would not We've got to stop defining our problem by saying, I can't, Mm. when the truth is you won't. Isn't it all quiet up in God's house? (laughs) Let me say this to you. I need you to write this down. I don't even know if it's in your notes, but if complacency is in your walk, you will not experience divinity in your life. Somebody needs to grab that. All of these people setting the atmosphere, it's argumentative, pushing and shoving, arguing over semantics. They could not. Religious people always find something to complain about. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the Messiah's right over there. Woo, there's the Messiah. Er, But I don't like this carpet. This carpet's got to go, this carpet. I don't like this carpet. I don't like the carpet up in the church. I don't like the color of it. One time I had this guy who was coming through the line at the end of service, and he said, hey, me and my family, we're all leaving this church. I said, why? He said, because I don't like it when you ask people to help you preach. Y'all going to help me preach? I don't like it. I don't like it. And I said, well, hold on a second. Did you not see the Holy Spirit show up today in a powerful way? No, because I'm mad because I can't stand it when you say, y'all going to help me preach. I said, well, man, we're going to miss you because we're going to pray that somebody fills that seat that's excited about God's word. (laughs) And all the people who didn't clap don't like it when I say, y'all going to help me preach. (laughs) I have friends who are preachers who say, Man, I just love preaching in your church because they get it. Why? Because together we can. I've preached in places where there are just tons and tons and tons of people. Hundreds and hundreds of people. And it feels like it's a funeral. I've preached in places and I'm wondering if I'm interrupting their nap time. Seriously? I had an an old preacher one time tell me that the effectiveness of the preaching is dependent upon the atmosphere, the disposition, and the attitude of the people in the place. Hold on a second. The effectiveness of the teaching is connected to the atmosphere the attitude and the disposition of the people in the place. I would rather preach to a few desperate people than thousands of people who are checking the box. Because when you're desperate, heaven comes to earth. When you're desperate, there's a shift in the atmosphere. When you are desperate, the miraculous takes place. When you're desperate, you'll sing even though you cannot sing. You'll shout even though somebody's beside of you got their fingers in their ears. You'll begin to cry even though you look ugly crying. You'll begin to give even when you feel like somebody should be giving to you. When you're desperate, you'll come to church early. You'll stay late. You'll begin to cry out to the Most High God because he'll do the things that you cannot do for yourself. Good God Almighty. Somebody going to help me preach? Jesus says, you unbelieving generation. You know the intonation that Jesus used was very aggressive because there is a need that is present. But all these people are arguing about this, that, or the other. They've controlled the atmosphere. Therefore, the people who have the authority to deal with this issue that Jesus has already given them the authority to deal with can't deal with it because the atmosphere is not conducive to the power of the miraculous taking place. Hang with me because I'm going to show you that. Jesus knows that there's a need that's present he knows that there's a need that is there i wonder how many times we miss what god is trying to do in our lives because the atmosphere the atmosphere is controlling our authority if you will i wonder how many times we miss what god is trying to do in our lives because of the situational Difficulty Because in our individualistic, narcissistic, um, 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 selfie-taking society, we miss sometimes what God is trying to do because we're enamored with ourselves. But aren't you glad that God sent Jesus down into the valley who said, Bring the boy to me? Aren't you glad that Jesus, you know, was, is, was not up in heaven saying, oh, Let somebody else go, Jesus. keeping it real. Let me me show you something. Verses 20 through 24. Verses 22 through 24. Are, Are you with me? Watch this. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It is often thrown him into the fire or or the water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus asked a question. He said, if I can. Grab this. If I can. Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, "I, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. It seems like there's a contradiction in terms here. Here is the man talking about his unbelief. He says, if you can, and Jesus immediately changes the atmosphere. He says, if I can, if I can, anything is possible to the one who believes. If I can. Hold on a second. The man asked the big if. But what you need to understand is Jesus was identifying something here. The if was not whether or not Jesus could do it. The if was how the man felt. His faith, if, his faith. There was unbelief in his life. And so Jesus changed the atmosphere. It was... It was the if was around his own faith and so he said I do believe just help me with my unbelief you know what he was saying it was not that he his unbelief was rebellion no he believed in the promises of God he just felt like the promises of God might be too good to be true for his situation hello there is a huge differences. Ian said this last week. There's a huge difference between knowing what God can do and believing what God will do. Can I tell you something? The problem that is present in this story is not a faith problem. I want you to hang here with me. It's not a faith problem. The story talks about faith. Jesus even highlights faith but there's there's not a faith problem here there's an authority problem let me give you something I wrote this down this morning it's not even in your notes so this is free y'all want the free stuff too? here's this this is important your awareness of his authority will determine how much you receive from him (laughs) you grabbing that? Your awareness of his authority determines how much you receive from him. Keep in mind, they were given the authority days before to deal with this situation. However, the atmosphere began to cause them to focus on the atmosphere rather than their authority. Therefore, the atmosphere controlled whether or not they would be able to do what God called them to do. Hold on a second. Faith. Faith. I know this story talks about faith, but it's not necessarily about faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence not seen. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. Therefore, faith is the anchor to our salvation. Are you with me? Faith is the anchor to our salvation. But your anchor has to always be tethered to something. Let me give you an example. One time I took this guy out on my boat to fish We got into about 100 feet of water. I said, we're going to drop the anchor right here, and we're going to fish right here. I said, dude, just throw the anchor off the front of the boat. I thought he knew what he was doing. I gave him the authority to throw my anchor off the front of the boat. (laughs) He reaches up there, and he grabs the anchor, throws the anchor out. I'm watching. Everything looks good. He's watching. Rope's going. Anchor's going out. And all of a sudden, you see the rope at the end go. (laughs) He forgot to tie the rope off to the boat. (laughs) What good is that anchor? Tell your neighbor he's going somewhere. What good... Is your faith, if it's not connected to His authority, you'll have a faith issue. If you have an authority issue, your faith will suffer. If you have an authority issue, mm, this is good. Somebody say, "This is good." Like Peter, this is good. This is good. Let's just stay. Stay right here. Let me read you something. Watch this. Watch this. Um, let's go to. Verses 25 through 27. Let me, let me read this to you. Verses 25 through 27. Let me find it here. It says, when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and you mute spirit, he said, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. Verse 26, the spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. I don't know who this is for. I don't know who this is for, but here's what I do know. It's time for you to start telling the enemy that you're not going to stay here because I have authority. You're not going to stay here. Some of you need to, you need to tell the enemy, I'm tired of what you're doing. I'm tired of the atmosphere that you've established in my life. I'm tired of it and I might not be able to do it but I know the God who has all authority, all power, he's the omnipotent one, he's the alpha the omega, the beginning, the end he's the lamb of God, he's the first the last, he created me he placed me in my mother's womb and I know I may have this mindset that I'm a failure but that atmosphere has to go, I might feel sick but that atmosphere's got to go because I know I might even feel dead but when I place my hands in the hand of Jesus Jesus, I am alive. Good God Almighty. Somebody say, change the atmosphere. Mm. Stay on your feet, everybody who's not, get on your feet. You something? Verse 28. Let me show you why it was an authority issue. Verse 28. Verse 28 says this After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? Can you imagine this conversation? Why why couldn't we drive it out? You told us like three chapters before that we would have the authority. Why couldn't we drive it out? And then Jesus told them it was about the atmosphere. You know why? Look what he says. He said that this kind can come out only by prayer. Hold on a second some of your translations say this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting what is prayer? prayer is the vehicle that God uses in order to have an intimate relationship with us it is the vehicle that God uses for us to connect to him What is fasting? Fasting is our disconnection from the world so that prayer becomes something that is effective in our lives. Therefore, when we disconnect from the world, we are establishing an atmosphere through prayer that our authority will now be able to do what God has called us to do. Are you with me? Come on, good God Almighty. Listen, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that Jesus is not just the Lord of the mountaintop, but he's also the Lord in the valley? Aren't you glad that Jesus is not just the one who stands up there on high, but he's gotten low? Aren't you glad that God gave his only son so that he would meet you in the valley of your life in order to change the atmosphere in your life? Somebody shall change the atmosphere. And for those of you who are living this is for someone and then I'm going to close we could stay here all day some of y'all like no no you can't but you are defining your problem with I can't and the truth is God has already equipped you with the authority that you need. So what you need to do is change the atmosphere by changing your language. It's, it's The reason why it's I can't It's because the truth is you won't. You need to begin to say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength.